You know, as a jazz drummer, you don't need your eyes quite as much. You're listening to Legally Blind. You know, when you're trying to pick up a sandwich and you get a finger in two fillings and you've picked up, oh, it's just an absolute nightmare. A podcast with Bobby Golder. Back on the back I went and uh, <laughs> no questions asked. <laughs> Today, Bobby chats to Pippa Cleary. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Legally Blind. Uh, my name is Bobby Golder, and I'm so pleased and excited to be sharing this early morning Zoom call with the West End's flavour of the month, flavour of the year. This is Pippa Cleary, songwriter, <laughs> educator, <laughs> and composer. I wasn't actually going to include the fact that you've just written the opening song to the Olivier Awards at the Royal Albert Hall. But since you asked me so nicely... Well, I am very <laughs> pleased about it. Very excited about that. As you should be. As you should be. Was it incredible? It was very... It was, yeah, one of the best nights of my career. It was fantastic. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Congratulations. For the record, I was going to include it. <laughs> <laughs> also, you say this early morning Zoom. I mean, it's 10 to 9. I would say most, most people would say that was okay. It's early right. for me. Early for us. It's early for us. I normally work late into the night and I sleep late into the day. <laughs> no, it's true. I'm exactly the same, to be honest. The only reason we have to do this early is because of this, the Norwegians are coming today. So, yeah. The Norwegians are coming. The Norwegians are coming, yeah. You make I'm... it sound like the, the <laughs> battle, battle commence. <laughs> well, the, the Norwegians are at the border. <laughs> There's no time to lose. <laughs> Indeed. Tell me about that. What are the Norwegians I'm, coming I'm to writing do? Some, I'm writing some songs for an animated movie in Norway, which is, I mean, it'll be in English, but... It's a Norwegian film company, so that's so that's my, exciting. And it's my first time doing that, and they're all they're all coming over from Norway to work with me, and then see Bake Off this evening. So wow, I've got to be, I've got to, I've got to be on form, you know. What an <laughs> honour! The early morning start. <laughs> I imagine like a, a whole troop of like Norwegian. <laughs> a whole troop. <laughs> There's like seven of them all piling okay. into my flat that's in a, a couple of hours. I know. I think seven is a troop. <laughs> Definitely. Anyway, sorry, I derailed you. I derailed no, you already. We, we, we derailed ourselves. <laughs> um, uh, just for, I guess, for a bit of context, would it be all right if you just described a bit about your, your vision and your condition and what, what you can and can't see? Absolutely. I have congenital toxoplasmosis, which is an, a disease that most people get from um, sort of bad meat or cat feces. Um, it's more prevalent in France. And my mum got it when she was pregnant. Um, and therefore the effects of that created scars on the back of my retina. So I was born with this. So most people would sort of get the disease and then get better as, as an adult. And, and, so when, but you, if, when you say but, you get it from You can get feces. ill for, for toxoplasmosis. You just actually genuinely just get ill and it doesn't affect your sight or anything. It's just right. a disease. Um, okay. But if you have it when pregnant... Um, and you have a child, then there are yeah, sort of these effects, which normally affect the the retina and the brain. Wow, okay. uh, but yeah, a lot of people sort of get it and then get better. And my mum didn't even realise she had it mm. when she was pregnant. It, it didn't have any symptoms. So we didn't discover that this was what I had until I was five. Um, but Interesting. Yeah, okay. To try and explain what I can see. So yeah, I've had it since birth. And apart, I had a sort of mini flare up when I was seven. I had to take steroids for a few months, mm. um, which meant... It, it can get worse. Um, luckily for me, since then it hasn't, and hopefully it's kind of stable. But it, um, it's basically my central vision. Can I swear on this podcast? Yeah, I haven't really decided I don't have about to. swearing. No, I yet. haven't decided. My central vision is is ducked. 
It's um, ducked. It's ducked, yeah. <laughs> it's, um... <laughs> it's duck feces. But my peripheral vision is is normal. So I sort of do a lot of um, spanning and, and sort of... So there's, it's not like there's parts of the world that are um, sort of black or anything. But uh, mm. my focus in the middle is is pretty awful. And I rely on my peripheral vision to sort of put the world together of that mate. So that's probably the closest to tell people is that imagine you could only see the world through your peripheral vision yeah um so so um because it's scars on my retina and it's worse in my left eye than my right i can't really read with my left um i have okay. a constant sort of head tilt it's it's only slight but because i only look through my right eye i always have this kind of slightly coy expression where i'm looking you know <laughs> tilting my head and people say can you look straight and for me that means having to <laughs> you know move in a very uncomfortable way because it doesn't feel yeah. right to me because obviously it's not the best vision those social dynamics are, are quite interesting all of that when, fun isn't it yeah <laughs> yeah when you're like i'm not sure if i you know do i explain to this new person about yeah. about you know the exact focus that i have and all of yeah. the all of the baggage that it comes with can i can i give a quick anecdote on that because it's really stagey i would love you to so at the Olivier's, I don't know if I mentioned about the Olivier's. Uh, wow, the Olivier's. <laughs> oh my God, I know. Um, I met Tim Minchin um, and we had a lovely chat and he oh. was talking about the number. And then I sort of said about how um, I do everything by ear because I can't see very well. And he went, oh, mm -hmm. I'm so glad you told me that because I sort of noticed you had a bit of a sort of head tilt. And I was like, oh, oh. he's being really honest because some people do notice and some people don't. It depends. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes I went on a date once and he said after 10 seconds, is there something wrong with your eyes? Which threw me a little bit. But anyway, most of the time people sort of don't immediately notice. And we had a good old chit chat about, you know, not reading music very well and being a bit more self-taught and relying mm. on your ear. So that oh, was a lovely. very positive social dynamic where the site was discussed. <laughs> well, thank you, Tim Minchin. There we go. Tim Minchin, official ally of the blind community. Official ally. We love him. <laughs> That's great. I mean, I quite like it when someone asks or you know in a polite way in a kind of respectful of like do, do you yeah. mind if I ask like yeah because I think it's important that actually we kind of do talk about it and people feel comfortable to, to ask r rather than this like oh no disability like 100% I don't want to don't want to go there in case I offend anyone or and I always say please do ask I'm I, I'm not you can ask it's not a problem being a, a composer and working in theatre, um, yes, you obviously meet a lot of new people. Do you find that you you're constantly having to kind of explain to new people, or do you kind of do a blanket like, "Hi everyone, I've got this thing"? Yeah, well, that's such a good question because obviously back in the day, and this this all comes down to how I sort of feel about it now. But sort of ten years ago, I because it's not immediately obvious until you start working with me. Um, I would just tell people when they needed to know. So that meant that the music team probably found out within half an hour. Yeah. But, um, you know, some actors might never even have known necessarily. Mm. Um, but, but, now, and, but now, at the beginning of every new project, um, and also pretty much at the end of most meetings, I just go, hi guys, just to, yeah, in the meet and greet, as you were, just to let you all know I have yeah. this thing. It means that... If you, you know, look at me across the room, I'm not going to see you. You know, I like proximity. <laughs> um, I'm not subtle. I'm very Come close direct. To me. <laughs> Come close to me. That's what, it's when I work with kids, I always have this. I'm like, because they always go as far away from you as possible. You know how kids, when you're like, make a circle and they always go right to the back. Right I'm to like, the back of the room. Yeah. I was like, no, guys, this isn't going to work. No, I can't see. No, closer than that. Close, and we always have this lovely little fun get to know you where I have to force them to put their chair right next to me, next to the piano. 
and it actually really works and then they relax and it's more of like a casual social sort of group chat yeah, that's rather nice. than sort of me and them in this kind of lecture hall it's like I, I, I have to force you to break the ice here <laughs> I'm forcing you to break this is way too far away I can't the ice will you. be broken the one, exactly and uh, so yes now I do actually do a very very tiny mini spiel I think that's great yeah yeah so yeah what about you do you do the same I do now yeah I, yeah. I always um big group of people in the room that I've never met before I just sort of say like I've got this thing here's how it might affect you um normally it's things like if I walk past you and don't say hello it's not because I don't like you um I may not like you but that's that's a separate <laughs> that's very that's very good can I nick that I like that Please, like yeah. That. yeah I've good. used it a few times now. The and, recognition um, thing is a real problem because, yeah, unless I've met someone a, f- a fair amount of times, they and I've been close to them, obviously. It, I, yeah. You know, and there's a lot of industry events where people sort of come up and go, Pippa! And I'm like, who the hell Who's is this? Like, yeah. Hi, how are you? And you're like scrabbling to go, <laughs> how's the thing? Yeah. yeah well, um, trawling but through I do, your like voice memory. Of, like, exactly. That- <laughs> um, yeah. And actually sometimes people who know about my site, they and they can obviously tell that I'm struggling to remember mm. them. And, it's, and they go, oh, it's so-and-so, we worked on blah, blah, blah. And I really appreciate that. So that they've avoided the awkwardness of assuming that I know who they are. Yeah. Um, and obviously, if it does get awkward, I just go, I'm sorry, I'm registered blind, you're going to have to forgive me. And that's yeah. fine. That's obviously fine. That is that um, is so fine, though. I think like, you know, it, it like feels like an awkward thing to bring up straight away. But like, yeah. if you've got no choice, then like it's totally fine. And like, 99 yeah. times out of 100 people will just be yeah. like, oh, right, sure, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, yeah. makes sense. <laughs> Um, when it, there's a show on, even in the front row, because I really have an issue with distance, I still mm-hmm. have to use my monocular, which is my tiny, tiny telescope that lives yeah. in my handbag. Um, so obviously, to actors, they've always got me right bang in the middle of the front row with, <laughs> yeah. with not just that, with a telescope shoved up to my Usually eye, zooming which in is on them. <laughs> quite exactly off-putting, because normally the creative team would be you know, somewhere at the back. Somewhere sort of in row out, Q. Exactly, making notes very kind of subtly. And yeah, making notes during shows is really tricky for me because obviously I have to hold my phone really close to my face mm. and then um, I do always have to do a disclaimer if I'm next to someone. And I say, have a little, Sorry about this. a little sticker that I put because I, I, I prefer to type notes on a laptop because mm-hmm. I can type much more quickly and more accurately on a laptop than on my phone. My ph- I'm mm-hmm. making typos literally all the time on my phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I have a little sticker that I put over the apple because it lights up in the theatre. Of course! <laughs> Very sensible. So, so do you sit in, in the theatre seats with a laptop on your lap? Well, it depends. If, if I'm playing the show, then... But they're then, not, yeah. Then I've, I'm kind of like scrabbling around trying to remember things that have happened three scenes ago between mm. cues or whatever. But um, but yeah, if I'm kind of noting without playing or if it's you know a show done to tracks or whatever, then yeah, I will I will sit in row one as you as you describe. Yeah. And, and do you have to do that little speech to the people next to you and go, yeah, this is why I have the laptop. This is yeah, why I'm here. I'm working on the show. You know, sorry to disturb. Sorry about you. that. Yeah. yeah, you paid extra for row one, but or row A, but you know, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, I do exactly the same thing. Yeah. The actually the, the time it well, the time actually it's the most difficult for me is auditions. Mm. Um, because there isn't time for every single new person to yeah. come in and learn about my site, obviously. <laughs> and, um, and there's no there's no blanket like time with everybody. At no, the beginning and, of the day. and back in the day, it was difficult. I was only obviously listening to the sound. I wasn't able to judge their performance as well as I'd like. And now, again, I'm much punchier about saying, can we get them to come closer? But equally, 
they can't be right on top of us because the creative team need them to be far enough away that they can project and that they're sort of yeah. playing to a big space. So, but with a Bake Off, every person came in and stood where they wanted to stand. And then Jim Arnold, the casting director, said, can you come five steps forward, please? And we didn't tell them why. And I sat a little closer in at the side yeah um i would like to use my t- little telescope but that certainly would put off someone in an audition if they didn't know why yeah aud- auditions are traumatic and- enough exactly <laughs> why is this woman like putting this thing um, yeah love all these anecdotes so apart from the kind of flare-up when you when you were about seven it's mm-hmm. roughly remained stable is that right it has roughly remained stable um but i sometimes think it's got worse and this is a hmm. thing that um, I have gone through. And I think it's just to do with finding it harder or more irritating the older I've got. Interesting. Um, yeah. Like when I was up to sort of 18, 20, I really didn't think it was that bad. And that's because my life experience hadn't been. I was very lucky. I went to a nice school with small classes. Everyone wrote big for me or like my parents were really on it with making sure that I only did things that I could do. So they didn't force me to do things where my sight would really hold me back. Like hoover the floor, you know, we did that once. And I was like, mum was like, no, I'm just cleaning's maybe not going to be something that she's going to be able to do. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Fast forward, you you live in your your own Lovely flat with a cleaner. (laughs) And I have absolutely no guilt about my cleaner. Other people can feel guilt about a cleaner. I need the cleaner. Definitely. <laughs> well, you've done well. To, I, I occasionally use a, a cleaner, and I'm still. I still feel that kind of like, ah, oh, is this is this a bit cringe of me to have a cleaner? Like, absolutely not. What is what is the point of you doing a job that you can only? That it's just it's just it's no it's no no life's too short. I mean, do I objectively can cannot do that job well. No, <laughs> so, me too. So, so why do? That's great that you you had to kind of. Yeah, like at school that you felt like you had support around you. and um... I did. I was very lucky. My parents were amazing. But yes, the older I got, just as you say, like you become an adult and things are mm. more nuanced. Yeah, Everything sure. is new, you know, and the subtleties of everything from social situations to dating to me noticing more that people were seeing things that I couldn't see and people commenting on, oh, look at that. And I just didn't feel it as much at, at school, I think. Or maybe I was just a bit more oblivious to the stuff I couldn't see. And so well, the older I've got, so sometimes I do think, oh, has it got worse? And then I go in for sort of a checkup and they tell me, no, it hasn't. You're just kind of... Um, sure. I use this such a funny thing to say, and I'm sorry I keep derailing you. Is that the only sport I can do is skiing, which is such a privileged thing to say. <laughs> I can, I can't only play, skiing, I, darling. It's, only I, skiing. I, it's true. I can't play ball sports at all. Forget about it. There's no way in hell. But skiing, for some reason, it's probably because my peripheral vision is good and everything is against the white. That yeah. if something comes in front of me, I can actually see it. I might not see it in detail, but I'm sort of okay. So yeah. anyway, and for the when I go skiing, I do wear contacts in my left eye because it does improve my short-sightedness oh, slightly. Even, okay. even though the eye is not very good, it's still, I think, when you're looking at distance and skiing down a mountain. So I wear them about five days a year. But apart <laughs> from that, no. <laughs> I'm jealous that you get to go five days a year. I well, la- I it's last the went... only sport I can do. Yeah. <laughs> well, I last went, I think, in 2017 and I went with three mates who yeah. n- none of them believed that I would be any good. I said, right, I said in advance, like, guys, I actually can ski. Yeah. And they were like, right, okay, cool. Like, you'll come along and enjoy the apres ski, maybe do a couple of blue runs. And, like, there I am herring, herring past them on the blacks. And they're like, 
how how on earth like are you making well tell this... me how so how how do you how are you able to ski like because obviously well, for, for the same same, same reason you same are reason. yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like our fields are not so dissimilar like i use my peripheral vision i can feel mm. my way around like yeah yeah a lot of skiing your, is like how feeling the, your feet how the snow feels underfoot and but I'm assuming, like me, you, you absolutely cannot navigate. Like you're sort of I, following. I can't, the... I can't lead the group. Interesting. I love that. I love that we have that same experience. Yeah, That's it's really, great. Yeah. <laughs> were you into music when you were a kid, or is it? Um, I was. Yeah. 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 And would you say that your loss of sight maybe nudged you towards music a bit more? I, it helped me become a composer. I think because I, I um learned the piano started learning the piano when I was kind of six and I I did obviously learn how to read music and I my mum blew up the the music sort of to these kind of huge a was it a two things you know Uh um and I can sort of because I can't really scan but I can if it's big enough I can sort of read one line at a time um but I just found it really really hard obviously um, so as soon as I knew something by heart, I would let the music go and then I would get bored and start making up the rest. So I would learn like half a piano piece, note for note, painstakingly, yeah. like which would take forever. And then I would just get so frustrated that I'd sort of just make up the rest and I'd go in and my piano teacher would be like, this is going well. Oh, oh. Oh. And I don't think that's what Mozart wrote, Pippa. <laughs> you know, and that's kind You're of like, well, it's what I well, wrote. Well, it's better, so. isn't it? I mean, this is this is clearly how it should go. It's I mean, pretty much the right vibe, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's the right vibe. Like, what's the problem? So that's um, I'm I'm funny to work with because, of course, I can I can barely read music. I can sight read one line, but I yeah. could, you could if you put something in front of me, I'd be a grade one sight reader absolutely right now. But my musical ear is very good. Because yeah. of my sight, I'm so, and I'm that I'm that irritating person at a Zitz Pro, which will who will go, um, guys, I think there's like a rogue F sharp somewhere, and I'll be like, no, there isn't, and I'll be like, look, let's go through it, and then there normally is. So I'm quite irritating in that respect because I'm well irritating and it, very useful. It, <laughs> well, it depends how you look at it, but, <laughs> but I can't look at the score and comment and go, oh, this is where that you know. So it's um, but that's what collaboration is for. So so you. I know you kind of collaborate with other like orchestrators and music yeah, directors all and the stuff. Time. Yeah, that's really cool. What's your kind of process from like take Bake Off as an example? How did that songwriting process work from like idea to page to to stage? So I write everything um, on the piano and I sort of scatter along and I sing and take a lot of voice memos. And then when I'm happy with a song, so I will only write it down. At the, at the very last minute because mm. the transcribing process is a bit more arduous for me. But it is possible. And with the advent of flexi time, do you know about yeah. flexi time? But there Absolutely. you go. Should we explain to the listeners what flexi time is? Go for it. So on Sibelius, which is the music notation software uh, program, um, if I'm going to play in like eight bars and it will do a click for you and it will count you in one, two, three, four, and I will literally play the piano to the click and then at the end of playing the section in, you can click this amazing magic button that I have to say a lot of MDs I've worked with didn't know existed. And every time <laughs> I've pressed it, they've been like mind blown. Yeah. And it's called Renotate Performance. So you'll play it in in flexi time and it'll look pretty shocking. And then you, play, you press Renotate Performance and it actually sort of divvies out the notes a bit, bit prettier. And um, it's halfway to being kind of all right. 
Wow. So that's how I um, transcribe. I play things in, same with the melody line. Um, and then I, I play it back, hear that it's all right. And then, then it needs to go to an MD to sort of properly format it and do all the stuff that... And of course, when you the problem with flexi time, as we're getting into real d- detail here, is that because you're playing both hands in at the same time, it often puts the note in the wrong hand because it doesn't know. Yeah, so if you've got so, kind of six yeah. notes across two exactly. hands... Exactly, sometimes might, it doesn't... Exactly. You might play two and four and it'll do three um, and three or one and five. So yeah. an MD does need to kind of go through it and polish the piano part and all that stuff but it is really good because it does mean that i don't i'm not just giving them a a voice memo or a logic project i can still transcribe my songs to a certain level i'm always interested to hear how people how different people kind of present themselves in terms of like a professional profile when it comes to disability Mm -hmm. um because obviously you have to talk about it to an extent what's your Mm -hmm. kind of relationship with it in terms of how you present yourself professionally yeah I mean it's that's I don't really have have an answer it's it's ongoing Mm. yeah it's um, something I'm absolutely not not hiding but I suppose I don't introduce myself in emails as like I'm a female disabled composer looking for but it does tend to I still mention it yeah in most in most first or second meetings in whatever capacity normally sort of at the end and by the way there's this but no it's not like it says on my website Pippa Cleary blind composer um yeah to to be honest the thing that I've been really and everyone is trumpeting is that I'm the first woman to have three West End shows like the, the female thing I'm like you know which, girl, which is girl incredible girl power girl power like it's worth obviously trumpeting. no one's going Pippa's the first blind woman to have three mm. West End shows and I'm kind of okay with You'd that you probably hold I, that one for a while I think it's such a hard one isn't it but then it's equally definitely not something that I'm like not wanting to talk about and um mm. I won the neurodiverse um award the last year for my sons are queer in Edinburgh which was the first sort of award only awarded to sort of you know um creators with disabilities and I was really proud of that um that's brilliant can I ask you the same question or is that not really appropriate yeah of course of course um how do well, you, in, in terms of ed- how do you identify with like do you present yourself well it's changed and it evolves a bit a bit yeah. like a bit like you say and it's only really recently that I've actually started identifying with it a bit more I've always Mm. been comfortable kind of talking about it and explaining and answering answering any questions that people might have sort of out of interest but I've until quite recently I've always tried to keep it very separate from my professional life yeah um whereas quite recently I I don't know because I I think it's actually improved my musicianship a lot my yeah oral skills have improved my memory's improved and and I kind of think that's like yeah, that that's sort of worth mentioning because if there's an interesting story behind why you have good ears, yeah. I think that's quite compelling. For sure. In a similar capacity, I talk about it more now in the guise of... Because I used to sort of have to go, oh, by the way, there's a I have this thing and it means I can't do X. Yeah. And now I frame it in, oh, by the way, I have this thing. And actually, it's really great because uh, Silver Lining is I am actually much more collaborative and I do believe this is true I think mm. because I need my musical directors and orchestrators and producers because I cannot do those jobs um, I it does make me more I think just open to being part of that team like, I think a lot of composers that can do it all like who, of which there are many fan- fantastic ones then possibly like struggle a bit more with giving their work over to an orchestrator or you know having someone else play it not do that kind of thing yeah um and I've definitely had feedback that I'm quite open and I I, I need them more 
which is nice for them. And then they, you know, so it sort of bonds the team because I need that thing, which I think is really nice. And it does That's make really me more nice. open yeah. to discussion. And I'm constantly saying, guys, what do you think about this? And should we change this chord? And, oh, I'm not sure about that. And, and I think that makes for a really good working relationship. For sure. That's so Rather great. Than I mean, like, this is my final product, which is honed perfectly. And off you yeah. go and please deliver you, my vision. If you I will, change a semi-clover, yeah, change, then, then I'll be furious. all hell will break. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they do yeah. still change my music. And sometimes and sometimes I'm like, ooh, that was better. And sometimes I'm like, no, guys, no. Please play what's written. <laughs> please. Please play what's written. Although the best thing is, cause because of the site, I have a running joke, especially with Mark Collins, who who's done everything I've ever written, that um, if someone sings something, like the wrong rhythm or something and I'll go oh that's not right um that it should be that and he'll go well you know it's in this it's right in the score pips but you know you're you're the composer so you're very you're allowed to change your mind and I'll be like the score's wrong <laughs> I'm right what I wrote I'm is right. wrong yeah change the score someone update and, the score <laughs> and, and everyone should know when the score is right and when the score Clearly. is wrong <laughs> of course you should all see into my head absolutely <laughs> well there's another thing I just um, practically when it comes to kind of in the in the rehearsal room. I don't know how much of this you do, but mm. in terms of like teaching a new song, teaching maybe one of your songs to a cast, um, do you have all of the dots in your head, all of the the different lines, the different harmonies in your in your head, or is that something you kind of pass off to a, another MD? Um, how does that work? It's ex- all these brilliant questions. So, yeah, so yes, I <sighs> I can do it if I know it. So I mean, at the last time I properly MD'd was when I was 21 at the Edinburgh Fringe. And it was obviously my own show, which I orchestrated for this band of three, which took me about six months because it's just awesome. <laughs> but I was very proud of myself. And then, but obviously I know the songs off by heart. So I, I just, when I did that show, I had one A4 large piece of paper telling me the cue line for each song and um, the first chord. That's in the, you know, where it started and that's all. But anyway, one yeah. show, I was obviously sort of head in the clouds. I just started the song in a in a different key which was fine for the first verse and chorus and the actor was i could see like looking a bit funny but it was all fine and then the band came in in verse two like a tone lower and that was that was when i was very politely said maybe pips mding shouldn't be something you're good (laughs) but i can teach very well um if i know it so if it's like a solo Mm. um I'm actually quite fast and obviously I'm just like doing it by ear. If it's something with harmonies, yeah, then I do get a bit stuck. I did, I taught one of my carols last year to some singers and I got them into my office here and I got Sibelius up on my big screen and I was, I just played the harmony lines from Sibelius and then we learnt it that way. So I sort of did a halfway job so I can do it. But yeah, once we start going into eight part harmony, I tend to sort of delegate that. Well, that's great. I mean, like, you know, I find once you, lift yourself out of the page yeah you can i mean obviously lots of mds will find this but struggle to if they rely on the dots if you lift yourself off the page then you can really get into the music a bit more and you can connect with the performers in a different way i think i think it's it's very useful and also i mean Um, a lot of mds can do this as well um many multi-talented people but i often write for me so whenever we're starting a new project there tends to be a lot of having to move the key because obviously whoever the actor's voice is 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 not you know needs so and obviously that's really useful having me there because i can play the song in any key on the spot and a lot of MDs could do the same, obviously. Oh, but a lot can't, you know. Yeah, a lot. It's a very slightly different skill. And I think we we had one audition um, and suddenly I was like, oh, can we try that a semitone lower? Um, and I didn't want to sort of 
suddenly shove that on the MD. So I jumped on the piano in that instance. Because yeah. as you say, it, so, and some people are so good at doing that, but that is a different skill. And I think some people who really rely heavily on the music suddenly get quite panicked if they're told to, you know, transpose at sight and things like that. Yeah. So, um, swings and I, I think about. more often than not, it's, it's something people really struggle with. And if you're mm. a good transposer, it's not like really useful all the time, but for the times you need it, it's like gold dust. Mm. <laughs> I mm. find, you yeah. know, being able to just be like, oh, okay, this person needs it in this key now on the fly in like in a performance yeah, yeah. Or like... and one of the best moments for that was in was in Bake Off rehearsals there's a number called Don't Send Me Home and mm. um it was just I was like mm, it's, it's just not sitting so I was like should we try it a semitone lower guys and in the room and then and then we like and then all the actors were like yeah 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 this is feeling better but then the end wasn't feeling as bright as we were used to so then on the spot with the act like 20 people in the room we we figured out there's like two thirds way through the the song and if you listen to it on spotify which you can do on friday next week when it comes out the, um, <laughs> there's a like man i love pie and we made and we changed the modulation which i don't normally like to do because it, it was that way for two years but actually yeah. now we because of the key we had to change the modulation which meant that the actor's riff actually went a lot higher and it was more poppy and I was like this is so much right. better in every sense and it was all because of keys and you know all that jazz um, so that's it, so fun I love doing those jumping on jumping off with the MDs and everyone's kind of oh how about this and how about that and I'm Ooh. sure the MDs love it as they well. They didn't. Well, if, that's, <laughs> if you like working with me, that's what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you signed up to it. Yeah. I told you in advance. It's going to be yeah. a very hands-on process. <laughs> <laughs> I have a very similar story about... Um, well, I think, I think it's happened to me numerous times where I've just sort of accidentally started in the wrong key. In fact, I know it has. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this was my first, actually my first and only gig with mm. uh, quite a popular kind of fringe act called Masioki, which is like karaoke on mass, as, as the name suggests. It's a lot of fun. And um, I'd obviously like memorised the set list. A lot of the tunes I knew already. Mm-hmm. But um, occasionally bands do songs in slightly different keys or if something's in, you know, E flat, they'll do it in D yeah, or something's yeah. in F sharp, they'll do it and in And you F. had it but on muscle memory that it was in a different key? I had it on oral memory. Uh, the next song was Total Eclipse of the Heart. And that's one of those f- weird songs where, like, the record is slightly between keys. Ooh. So it's slightly between B flat minor and A minor. But in my head, it's closer to B flat minor. Right. And I went back after the gig and I checked, like, it is closer to B flat minor. So I went... Total Eclipse of the Heart, B flat minor, cool. And piano starts. Do, 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 do. That is actually not B flat minor that I just mm. sang, but anyway. Um, and yeah, the, the singer came in, we sang the entire first verse in B flat minor, and then in the chorus, the band crashes in. <sighs> All in A minor. <laughs> I'm so I'm like... glad that we both had this experience. I mean, it was just absolute well... carnage, absolute carnage. <laughs> but I'm really pleased to hear that this happened to you as well. <laughs> It so happened to me, and I didn't get asked back by that band to, to no. play. Oh my goodness. But like, well, as in, I, I learned a valuable lesson, which was always make double sure before you start playing. What yeah. Yeah. key do they normally do? Like, because yeah. it changes. Yeah, it changes gig yeah. to gig, bad to band. So, in terms of like everyday stuff, just moving away from mm. the musical side of things, what are some of your kind of, what are some of your biggest challenges? I mean, on a it is still a work thing, but obviously, like right now, I have a huge big screen, 30 inch, um, and it's right in front of my nose. And um, I have a keyboard. You need to come see it, Bobby, that's just in front of me. Obviously, I still can't see as well as, you know, but it's it's a lot better. I certainly can't work from a laptop. So therefore, on a 
daily practical level, every single time I can manipulate it, I get people to come here because there is a piano in my sitting room, just like the Norwegians, they're coming here. <laughs> they're coming the here. Norwegians are coming. They're coming here because <laughs> if I then need to go on my computer, I can just nip in here where I have my huge screen and read an email comfortably and open a file or whatever, or open Sibelius, whereas anywhere else I can't see what the other people are doing on the laptop. So work-wise, it's limiting in that I can't, you know, go to Pret on a lunch break and sort of crack on with some work like a lot of yeah. people do. Do you know what I mean? I sort of have to come home if I'm... It has to be... I really yeah, do have to be at home. home. And I have actually taken a huge monitor in a computer, in my suitcase. If I, if I feel like I need to still sort of work a bit if I'm going away or something, um, mm. I have packed once a full-on like monitor wow <laughs> and i'm actually looking to try Sounds and expensive. find a cheaper slightly more portable one that's still big enough for me i like the thought of you in uh just a sort of cafe in oslo and you've got out your giant monitor yeah. and you've got a kind of six-person table to yourself yeah. <laughs> i mean actually did you know that they've um this isn't nothing to do with vision but they've they've just brought out this amazing portable piano that's still full length 88 keys weighted well semi weighted and it's in three parts so you can put it in a suitcase and then you just put it together so i'm sort of waiting for the same kind of like a big 30 inch monitor in four parts that you can sort of magically assemble when you're when you're somewhere or something that like. you can just put in your pocket exactly <laughs> that's what we want a, a blow up yeah. <laughs> inflatable I have, I have genuinely looked into this and i haven't got very far but like vr glasses i was thinking there must be a if i could vr glasses and suddenly have a huge screen taking up the whole of my vision that would be game changing but we're not quite there yet but anyway i love that we yeah. love looking I into mean, technology when, when I was like 11 and my condition was, was, you know, being diagnosed, they tried me out on this massive like headpiece mm. thing that like you, you strap around your head and it's this huge like screen box kind of video, like one of those old camcorders. That sounds great. Like, st strapped to my face. <laughs> it was very impractical. It was, it, it was kind of great, like for certain things, but like having to take it off and take it on again and like constantly readjust like it's quite mm. it's quite impractical yeah but yeah. like it was quite it's quite epic I, th I was like maybe this could be me it's interesting <laughs> well we'll keep each other we'll keep tabs on the emerging tech you know you never yeah. know um, absolutely you were asking about day-to-day -day. I mean yeah the I, I very much rely on my little monocle that lives in my handbag yeah. um, for traveling just like you seeing signs and, and is that what you use for buses and tubes yeah, and yeah. stuff like that e everything yeah. but it and it's really cute it's 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 um it sort of folds up and it opens out and i have two i have i have three um with different magnifiers and if i can't get a seat near the front i always remember to take my my big one <laughs> to the theater but <laughs> the, the obvious the, one. the obvious one <laughs> but uh yeah my my four or six times lives both of them live in my handbag at all times um and, nice. and it's just really useful and even if i don't have that actually now you can use your iphone to zoom in if you really are stuck can't you well that's what i do yeah. actually yeah. yeah i i quite um, i mean my, my camera roll is just full of like just photos of signs and airport signs oh or... interesting you need to try the monocle bobby yeah I do, I do have one and i use it for like i don't know i, I took it like traveling yeah, when I was yeah. looking around at views and stuff um but like, and I don't know, I find because my phone is always just there. I no, suppose I just enough. haven't got into the habit of taking my monocle out with me. And I don't, I'm not really a handbag carrier myself. Well, there you go. <laughs> you see, because it lives in my handbag, it's just as handy as the phone. It um, could come around my neck or, mm, mm. but it's slightly too big to go in the trouser pocket and fishing it out of the bag would be, you know, <laughs> all of these things. All of these things. <laughs> 
this is a little thing, but um, personally, I get quite a lot of not on a daily basis, but just like silly, funny things that people say to me that maybe come from slight ignorance, mm. but I can kind of look back on and laugh at. Yeah, and I'm just interested to know if you have any. Yeah, I think we discussed this before, but yeah, the the two that kind of annoy me and some when I was younger less so these days people actually sometimes came up to me in a tube station or in a train station and said but it's the why don't you just wear glasses Mm, I mean it's like wow I hadn't thought of that glasses sorry tell me about them tell me about those (laughs) my god Um, so that's annoying it happens a lot less now it did happen a lot about a decade ago like just people didn't understand why I couldn't wear glasses um and uh sometimes I guess people who are trying to be helpful like I was saying before, like sometimes if it is a music thing and there's three people on their MDs or whatever on the laptops doing something musical and changing the scores and getting into their zone and I just cannot be there with them. I mean, I'm there in the room, but I can't follow because I can't see. I get a bit down and, and sometimes people were like, but yeah, Pips, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'd struggle with logic. You know, I, I can't really see that. You know, I mean, my son, I'm as blind as a bat some days, you know, and that's Ugh. the kind of thing when you're like, yeah, because when you put your glasses on, you're not as blind as a bat and there's the difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it's, it's so like, I don't know, on, on the one hand, it like those things are really frustrating and I get that quite a lot, you know, like, oh, without my glasses, yeah, I can't see a, a thing. So like, I feel you, man, you know, we're, we're mm. the same. Um, like that's really frustrating. That's but really then, annoying. Yeah. But then people want to say something, and they want exactly. to be want to be yeah. encouraging. And I suppose you yeah. can't. And occasionally you need to you do you need to gently call it out. Um, there was a producer once who I will not mention by name, who kind of went saw me using my telescope and sort of went, "Oh, that's a really cool gadget, isn't it? Oh, I was like, well, you know, remember I, I I'm visually impaired, so I sort of need it for watching shows and stuff." And um, they were like, oh, my God, that's so cool. I wish I had one of those. Like, so cool that you've got this thing in a... And I was like, no, did you understand? I need this. This is not a fun little gadget. Um, But again, they were trying to just kind of bond with me in in any way that they knew how. (laughs) So I know that it wasn't trying to be, you know, offensive. It's a similar one with... I don't Um, know if if you have one of these, but... um... I've got a, a freedom pass, which lets I me ride. definitely have a freedom Absolutely. pass. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's that. amazing. You know, we love a freedom pass. You ride the tubes and buses for free. Mm. And when people say, like, oh, you're so lucky. <laughs> yeah. That... I would just say, just maybe stop for a second. And am I? <laughs> you're like, so lucky. I... I'm so jealous. The discounts on theatre tickets. Yeah. Oh, you're so lucky. Which, like... by the way, is not a thing abroad. I I've know. Discovered. I know, right? I was thinking about the the Broadway thing. Yeah. They are, I mean, I'm almost at the point where we should write some sort of article. And if I ever, like, um, you know, work over there, touch wood, which might happen one day, I will be, like, you know, lobbying. Because the fact that there's, you know, for us to sit in the front would be, like, $500 for Def- any given yeah. show. Which I was there's no in way New in York hell. It's ridiculous. Only, only a couple of months ago. And I could not find a single ticket that was, like you know under two hundred dollars yeah and and i even went up to the box office at two shows again won't mention them because still want to be that no guy, indeed like, indeed well I, I actually ended up not going kind of out of protest because i was yeah. like so do you do anything kind of disability access wise and they were like no yeah. um and i was like okay so well, well can you understand my position like if i sit anywhere behind you know the first two or three rows like i really can't get anything out of this performance at all and yeah. they were like okay well yeah there's there's space in the front row and that's 300 dollars <laughs> i was yeah. like right yeah. 
you're not really you're not really getting me here. You're not really like, getting well, it. it's cheaper if you sit at the back. I'm like, yes, I know that. <laughs> a friend got me a company rate to Dear Evan Hansen. This must have been about six years ago. Nice. Someone I knew. So it was half price. So that was $200 down from 400 oh, to be in the front crazy. row. That's crazy, yeah. And, but, and I did that. But the, even that, like, really hurt. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, it does hurt. It does hurt. Let's let's converge on this. I bet between the two, you know, we've got things to... We should, we should write to someone. We've got some pulling power. Yeah, exactly. Well, you've got some pulling power. <laughs> well, no, we'll see. But the... Um, did I mention I'm a woman too? Pull, pull. The, the, um, I'm a white guy. No one listens to me. Back to the sort of the, the daily life thing. Recognising when something is harder because of my sight or when something is harder because I'm just not good at it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's that sort of... Yeah. That's been a balance that I'm still trying to navigate. Um, and I realised last summer when I went on a... I've always hated self-catering holidays. <laughs> and up until this I sort of always just assumed I that's only because do I was fully catered no, but like, I was like, I must assume I that I'm just really lazy or something. And I'm perfectly fine at cooking at home um, where I know where everything is. Um and I sort of re- I think I, I realized the last time why I was getting so t- anxious and stressed and it's obviously because if I don't know my way around a supermarket it's really hard because obviously, oh, yeah. you know, that's why I both buy most of my things on online or at Ocado, even though I have a Tesco across the road. But I know my way around that Tesco, so yeah. it's okay. Same with my kitchen at home. I know my way around it. I've put everything mm-hmm. in the right place. So I, I don't feel sort of, you know, dis- uh, disadvantaged. But when I go somewhere new and there's a new kitchen and a supermarket and everyone's trying to make things and hand you things, oh, someone get me this. And I get really flappy because obviously I just can't see anything. And then I'm yeah. constantly spent sort of walking around these new kitchens sort of trying to be helpful, getting in people's way, looking closely at the cupboards. And I, yeah. I, I did actually say this year, guys, I really do find this quite stressful. It's not because I'm lazy. Like I normally just do all the washing up or like I try and contribute, but I've realised... Yeah that there are certain situations like huge, huge gigs. I don't really need to go to the O2. It's just, I much prefer an intimate, you know, yeah. setting. Um, and I used to just think it's because I didn't like them, but of course it's because of the site. And I, I feel more disadvantaged in those huge, big festival situations where everything is distance, everything, everything, everything. Even the front row is like 15 metres away or something. Yeah, <laughs> festivals I do enjoy, but they are freaking exhausting. To keep yeah, up, I can't to, stand to, festivals. I've only been. This is, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if this is a good thing to say or not. I've only been when performing because I, I just don't really yeah. like the idea of going to a field and like there's so many people around. You so can't. Many you're going to lose lose you're who you're with within five seconds. Relying on having to be able to see something in the distance to navigate. Yeah. And so yes, it's kind of working out more like when to say to people, actually, you know, I don't really want to come to this thing or do that thing because I'm just gonna. If it's something I think I'm really going to struggle with, I'd rather. Yeah. You know, like life's too short sort of thing. Definitely, um, yeah. Yeah. That's more than fine. To wrap up the book, is there anything, any advice you might give to a kind of younger aspiring composer that has l- low vision? Yeah. Well, don't don't for one minute think that if you can't read music, you can't compose. And Tim Minchin said the exact same thing. You know, um, mm-hmm. he, he's not, you know, classically taught or anything. He just figured it all out. I mean, obviously, he, he's not visually impaired, but like there's so many different... Um, models of success um and um and the, nowadays more than ever there is so much help and support if you look for it um and there are you know schemes and people want to help and like i say collaboration for me is the absolute key i could not have a west end show if i was the kind of person that was like i have to do it all and back in my 20s i used to i didn't do adverts and things because i thought i would need to do it all because those kind of jobs you know like jingles and um 
Library music tend to be done by the kind of composers that also play ten instruments, that also orchestrate and produce and can kind of give you a finished product. Um, yeah. And I just assumed I couldn't do them. Um, of course I can do them. I just need to do them with someone else. And I'd love that. And then you get, you're you in a team and you're bouncing off each other and you're like, oh, maybe this, maybe that. And Much less of a lonely existence. Yeah, much less of a lonely existence, even if you're doing it on Zoom or remotely. And I think I slightly regret that I assumed I couldn't do those in my yeah. 20s because I couldn't see. Um, because you probably can if if you don't mind you know, sharing and, and collaborating. Yeah, if you don't mind being part of a team. Exactly. And being part of a team, there is so much to be said for it because it teaches you all the personal skills of which I may or may not have, hopefully some of it of, you know. Well, that remains to be seen. We'll see, know. we'll see, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, don't don't let it hold you back. Finally, is there anything you want to plug? Anywhere we can find you? What's coming out soon? What's... Well, Bake Off is on for four more weeks. So please go to that because it will be over very quickly and then I will be very sad. Actually, I'm going to go and do that. Have you not seen it yet, Bobby? <laughs> I haven't been yet. Before. I've been busy. I know you have. But, Let me know. But when... not. But for the next four weeks, um, there's there'll be a time for sure. Okay. And I'm going to go. You let me know, and I'll I'll come buy you a drink. And the sheet music is out. Is the that sheet right? music is. If you go to my website, pippercleary.co.uk, um, there's an amazing. I know. There's a new page that I've been that I'm very excited about called Sheet Music and Backing Tracks because people have been asking me from some of my. I say people like five people, but you know, like, the demand is. <laughs> incredible the Norwegians, the Norwegians are asking, are asking. <laughs> so there's four Bake Off songs up right now and by by next Friday when the cast recording is out um, most of them will be up there so yeah there you go amazing <laughs> so exciting well Pippa thank you so much for for coming on the show it's so so nice to talk to you that is love it's been an absolute pleasure Bobby thank you so much next time on Legally Blind you know if you want to shoot a basketball you don't have to see the net you just have to look down to where you are on the floor because there's markings everywhere on the floor Kolschwanek there's never been a better time to be disabled, Bobby. Thanks for listening. <laughs>